I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Billboard Chart Free Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. And third man in this week. Uh, Andrew Unterberger, Senior Editor, Digital Side of uh, Billboard here. All right, we're talking more Grammys this week on the podcast. The last couple weeks, we were uh, talking about the Grammys trying to emphasize, trying to predict winners. I guess I'll just say it right now. I don't think any of us did, did too well. Did no, we? no. I think I did especially poorly. Uh, I think Trevor maybe got one. Did, did you, you, you had uh, you had album, right? Uh, I certainly had album. I, I, did I not have best? I, th- I thought we all kind of agreed for best new artist, but maybe. Um, I said her. You, best okay. New I, I, I feel like. I mean, I feel like conventional wisdom suggested Duo would win. Mm-hmm. I think people are rooting for that. The kind of, you know, pop yeah. nominee of the crowd. Um, yeah, I almost tweeted Andrew to tell him. When I when Casey won Album of the Year because it was so obvious and so well. Oh, it was so obvious, right? Eight nominees and blockbusters and critical darlings, and yet yet one of them was a clear favorite going into it. Well, uh, one of them's a clear favorite coming out of it. That's for sure. Can't argue with that. You both kind of ignored me when I said This Is America could win. Song I, I did see. Uh, I don't. I can't remember if it was Bavada or like one of the other major like gambling sites. You know, they have odds on everything, and they had odds on the Grammys, and they had this as America's the favorite going in. And I, I, I look. I don't think I disregarded you entirely because I thought it had a chance because it was such a polarizing song that I right. thought that you know it could kind of stand out from a crowded a crowded pack. Uh, but you know, you're right. I, I didn't think it was the front runner, and uh, you know, here we are. Once it won Song of the Year, though, which is actually a pretty early award. Yeah, uh, it was I, I, record of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I guess the the tandem. I mean, in the past couple of years, especially, they've been a very um, linked pair. Even though you know Bruno won for two different songs, but still Bruno mm-hmm. and then Adele and such and such. So I think uh, I was thirty really out, thirty out of sixty one years total. Uh, it's gone to the, to the same song for both Song and Record of the Year. Uh, we'll talk more Grammys, what we uh, – a few things we got right, uh, what we didn't, and talk uh, highlights of the night uh, overall as well. So that's all coming up. Uh, as always, though, let's get to this week's charts first. Uh, something uh, pretty different going on in the top 10 this week. Almost hits number one. Here's this week's top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Number 10. I play with this kitty like you play with your guitar. Like, 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 
number nine. It's a moment when I show up, got I'm saying, wow. Honey, bands in my pocket, it's on me. Yeah, your grandma probably know me. Get my bottles, these bottles are lonely. It's a moment when I show up, got I'm saying, wow. Number eight. I just poured something in my cup. I've been wanting something I can feel. Promise I am never letting up. Money in your palm will make you rich. Number seven. Look what you taught me. Number six. All tied up, no more love, and I'd hate to see you waiting. Had to have high hopes for living, shooting for the stars, but I couldn't make a killing. Didn't ever die, but I always had a vision, always had high Number five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gone on you with the pick and roll, younger flame here in sickle mode. Number four. Number three. So you can take advantage of me. Tell me how to feel sitting up there. Feeling so high, but you far away to hold me. You know I'm the one who put you up there. Deep in the sky, does it ever get lonely? Thinking you could live without me. Thinking you could live without me. Number two. Number one. So she was a no-show at the Grammys, but she can be found once again at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. That is Miss Ariana, officially Grammy winner, Grande. First time for best pop vocal album for Sweetener. Of course, we're already way past Sweetener on the charts. We're talking all things Thank You Next and current single Seven Rings, number one for a third week atop the Billboard Hot 100. So this streak, this Thank You Next era, um, 10 weeks at number one between the two singles just keeps on chugging along. Seven Rings is the top streaming and top selling song of the week once again this week. And uh, that third metric radio is flying up quickly as well hits the top 10 this week on the radio songs chart uh just his third week on the chart actually so radio which really proved in 2018 how how much of a fan it was of ariana grande with all the sweetener singles picking up on this one very 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 quickly as well yeah top 10 on radio songs only uh, three weeks and the fastest overall since drake's in my feelings last summer mm-hmm. turned out to be a pretty big hit yeah no this, this is a very exciting time for me for miss grande and uh even more, so, you know, reinforcements coming on the charts probably next week. I saw over, over the weekend she uh, she occupied all twelve s- spots of the top twelve on uh, Spotify, both U.S. and global. So I think it's uh, not unreasonable to assume that we'll be uh, hearing hearing from her on the chart next week. Yeah, the album "Thank You Next" uh, headed for a number one debut on the Billboard 200, maybe 300,000 uh, units, which is a huge week. Uh, break up with your girlfriend? I'm bored. 
debut somewhere high in the Hot mm-hmm. 100. That's already the new uh, single being promoted to radio. So as much as we've talked about all these Ariana singles kind of overlapping each other, Seven Rings is still rising. They're already releasing and promoting uh, Break Up With Your Girlfriend. Also, salute to a uh, to a 12-track album in the year 2019. Don't see a lot of them now. It's a lot of, you know, seven, eight, nine track, uh, you know, are they, is it an EP? Is it an album? And it's a lot of... You know, twenty-two track Colossuses, but you don't see a lot that are really in that uh, that kind of classic twelve-track mold. Uh, I, I respect Ariana for that. All right. Besides Ariana Grande, one thing Gary mentioned kind of teased a song that was close to the top, but not quite there. And you guys just heard in the medley. Uh, the first time we've heard this song actually this high in the medley countdown, number two this week on the Hot 100. It is the resurgence of Happier by Marshmello and Bastille. Uh, so Marshmallow hosted a concert in the Fortnite universe. Uh, we know how big video games are. You see people playing them all all the time on YouTube. Millions of people tuning in for this particular concert, uh, which not only had Happier, but some of his other big hits in recent months. Uh, the songs Alone, Every Day, The Collab with Logic, plenty others. I mean, all that activity, excitement around it um, gave a huge bump in sales. And, of course, we live in a streaming world now, so a huge bump in streams as well. Enough to get the song all the way to number two. Uh, of course, that means it's one short number one, but Miss Grande a little too powerful for it. But no matter, a new peak on the Hot 100 for Happier, number two. I will say, until this whole concert came about, the main thing I knew about Fortnite is that a lot of athletes play it. Mm-hmm. And it's come up as, are they playing it too much? Because they could be hurting their wrists or hands. And it's been, yeah, they've been talking with, with the like Red Sox. Carpal Tunnel. Carpal and... Tunnel, or just even... Mentally, are they focusing on their craft? Or are they playing this game too much? There was like a relief pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, I remember a decade ago, who like injured himself and had to go on the DL because he was playing Guitar Hero too much. Yeah. Or like, you know, I don't know, he got too into it and strained a wrist or something. Uh, I, I haven't heard about that. Uh, that that's that seems unlikely to me, but you know, I guess you never know. Uh, you know. Stranger things have happened in the world of sports. So yeah, 51.8 million U.S. streams, more than twice as many as it ever had before this week. So uh, number two on streaming songs. So uh, yeah, the, the kind of funny. Last week we were talking on the podcast about how it felt like it was the early 2000s with Backstreet Boys back at number one. And a week later, we're talking about uh, Fortnite, which, which didn't exist back then, <laughs> as far as I know. 90s are over. Yeah. Quit living in the past, Gary. All right, kicking off the top 10, we heard a song that, uh, well, has now been in the top 10. More than any other song. Ties the record for the most weeks ever in the top 10. Maroon 5's Girls Like You featuring Cardi B. Now 33 weeks in the top 10. That ties a record in the Hot 100's entire history. Ed Sheeran's Shape of You didn't have the record for too long. 2017. Billy. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? Just outside the top 10, one of your favorite artists, Andrew, this time's out perfectly, Billie Eilish, her first uh, top 20 hit, first top 40 mm-hmm. hit on the Hot 100, Barry Friend goes uh, 74 to 14 after its first full week of tracking, the album's coming out. Well, it's a very exciting development for, for Miss Eilish, it's uh you know, it's a, it's a big step for her. It's a big leap over her her previous chart peak, which I think was like number fifty two for uh, for when the party's over. But it seems like you know every every song she releases, you know, the momentum builds a little bit. And I was talking with uh, with one of our coworkers, Chris Pan, today, and he was comparing her to Lord, where she you know, she sort of gets that foothold and all and and kind of takes off a pop from there. And I I, I commented that 
Billie Eilish has the career that Lord would have if Royals was her tenth song instead of her first song, basically. Uh, whereas you know, Lord kind of came out right out the gate with Royals, and then she had to battle. Like, oh, is she a one-hit wonder? You know, is she a pop star? Is she an alt-star? Like, what, 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 what do we do with her at this point? Basically, Billie Eilish already has her fan base in place, and she's kind of built very slowly with each song. And now she's at the point where she's having top twenty hits that don't really sound like top twenty hits. I mean, the, the song "Bury a Friend," I, I think it's a great song, but it doesn't sound like anything you'd hear on pop radio yeah. or or all radio for that matter. It's very grimy and and, and dark and 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 kind of sinister. And you know, to me, it sounds like something almost off of Kanye West's Yeezus. Like it's it's got that sort of like grinding industrial sound to it. Uh, and I'm very curious to see if where she catches on with the song, if anywhere. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear that she doesn't need radio to have hits, and that uh, her her fan base and just kind of building momentum one song at a time is, is really taking her to the top anyway. All right, uh, we've been talking charts. Uh... Sort of been licking our wounds about Grammy predictions. This is kind of why I, I feel like uh, last couple of weeks I sort of sat back a little bit on making picks. Just you and, and Paul Grine, who is our other guest, were were, were both so so confident this was going to win. There's certain oh, I, I, categories I you called. I was not confident yeah. about anything except for shallow winning song right. of the year, which was as wrong as anything. I mean, historically the Grammys are very hard to predict unless unless it's a year like like a, like an Adele 25 year where it's just like okay, right. this album outsold the entire rest of the industry combined. Of course, it's going to win album of the year. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to choose. It's hard the, the, the narratives aren't consistent. Uh, the voting body is very unpredictable, and now there's eight nominees instead of five. Wait, it's, you re- it's, so you really you really put twenty five over eliminated that e- like that clearly? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like especially the, the twenty one year. I'll give anybody. But, well, but, the, but the, the, the twenty was... the twenty five year piggybacked off the twenty one year. So yeah, I, but I mean, you didn't think there was like a risk of you know are they really going to triple crown her again? Is it you know? I, mean, I think you have to remember how big Hello was. Look, you, you don't sell three point three million albums in a week and then get snubbed at the Grammys. It just doesn't happen, I mean, regardless of which album was actually better. Well, it, yeah, it was, that's it happened was, one. This happened one time. We have one example to pick from. Uh, but this year there wasn't really an album like that. There was no one album that com- that either had overwhelming sales totals or combined massive commercial sex- success with massive critical success and a Grammy's legacy dating back a couple of Grammys already. Uh, I mean, I-, I thought Cardi B was the closest probably, but uh, you know she's still a relatively new artist and rap is still a relatively unrewarded uh, genre when it comes to the Grammys Big Four. Uh, and so you, yeah, you had to, you, were, you could talk yourself into scenarios. You could say, well, Brandi Carlisle is the most veteran artist, and she's you know she's the least like the other nominees, so maybe she'll get that kind of vote. Or Black Panther has the name recognition and has Kendrick Lamar, and people want to make a makeup call for him losing for Damn last year. Uh, and and you could say that for about five or six of the nominees, but there was no one where it's like, oh yeah, of course they're just going to yeah. give it to, to that person. It just didn't it just didn't shake out that way this year. All right, we'll go uh, category by category of the big four and uh, the pop categories that we talked about, and also want to just get into some of uh, what I thought were the highlights. So what you guys thought were the highlights, but yeah, overall my my impressions were that you know, as much as we sort of uh, you know it's sort of the sport is to, to criticize the Grammys. I thought overall uh, I give I give this year's Grammys uh, good marks. Women. Dominated the performances. Women won two of the big four awards, and hip hop uh, won the other two. So, you know, for all the the talk of lack of diversity, which has uh, really plagued the Grammys for a long time, I feel like uh, maybe the big takeaway, at least this year, diversity really was the big winner. It wasn't uh, at first. I think when when Michelle Obama and everybody came out at the beginning, it was uh, it's kind of thinking, is this just going to be? Yeah, is this going to be the lip service? Yes, yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. But then uh, with so many performances, then the actual wins, I, I feel like it's safe to say between women and hip hop, uh, diversity was the big winner this year. Yeah. Uh, so there were, there were 18 performances uh, at the Grammys this year. Do you know how many of them didn't include a single female lead performer? How many did not did include? Not. Or, or are we going to make it more, um, like a more, 
a better worded question, I guess, would be uh, how many of the how many of the eighteen did include at least one female lead performer out of eighteen? Mm, out of eighteen, uh, mm, let me. Well, right, that, I immediately that, regret asking this question. The answer yeah. is fifteen. So that there was a uh, Post Malone and the Chili Peppers, Travis, James Blake, and Earth, Wind, and Fire for some oh, reason. Yeah. Uh, and the third one was Dan and Shay, the, the country oh, yeah, route. Huh. Every every other performance, at least one legit uh, you know female lead performer. Legit. Well, and I'm saying not, not like a backing ones. vocalist, not like a, a violinist or something like that, yeah. like, a, like, like, a, like a named female performer. So would you agree, Andrew, that for all the talk, what was hip-hop going to win? Were women going to actually win awards this year? It seems like uh, all these promises came through. It, it does seem like as much as the Grammys can ever get a year right, they basically got this year right. Uh, you know, uh, you, know you, you, can, you can quibble about Casey Musgraves winning album of the year versus some of the other candidates. We can talk about that more later. But I don't think people would consider it an undeserving or out-of-touch winner. It, it, it seems like an album that a lot of people really loved. Uh, and Dua Lipa for Best New Artist, same sort of thing. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the two historic wins for, for, for This Is America, uh, first ever winner of both uh, – first ever rap winner of both Song of the Year and Record of the Year. Uh, and then, yeah, the performances, there were not only just in terms of, yeah, yes, we, there were a lot of female performers, but just an incredible variety of female performers too. You know, R&B, country, folk, dance, pop, rock, like, and, and, and several that, that kind of combined. Like, like the, that, that her performance is that – I mean, she's nominated in the R&B categories. That sounded like a rock song to me. Yeah. Uh, and she was playing guitar. Uh, Janelle Monáe, same kind of thing. Uh, so uh, I, I thought it was really impressive. And yeah, but between the winners and the and the performances, I, I would say it's one of the strongest Grammys we've had in recent years. Not a perfect one. We, we can talk about some of the flaws later if you want. But, uh, but in terms of just across the board, no major complaints. No, you could you could, you could leave these Grammys actually feeling good about the Grammys for once. And I can't remember. You know, I've been you know writing about music for for most of the decade, and I can't remember another time I could say that. Trevor, you were saying last week how uh, you wanted a shorter Grammys. I, it was still going on at about a quarter midnight. This was almost a four-hour show. Uh, yeah, it was. It was noticeably long, and of course, um, part of that. I, I understand. Well, I don't understand what it's like to win a Grammy, but I understand. <laughs> Not yet, Trevor. You'll get there someday. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But it, I guess I. I always wonder, I always for the life of me wonder how the people who play these award shows cannot anticipate, yes, it's going to take somebody 50 seconds to get to the stage because they're, you know, I mean, not so like, I, I mean, I saw like a tool in a way, but I was like when her kind of was going and then coming back and then I was like, I was like, I know the producer somewhere is screaming his head off that, you know, he has to wait for you to get up there and then take your speech. Cardi took, you know, Cardi took her time to get up there and I, and I get the emotion and everything, but I always wonder how they just can't plan for these moments better because then it, it, it turns into this rush job where you have to cut everybody off you have to slam five awards at the end together i just don't i just i just for the life you do not do not get a war trust yeah, trevor that cutoff music is playing we, we let you talk you know, way way too long but uh we let you talk as long as you could but we gotta we gotta uh, play off with that music there. oh wow oh okay oh that's 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 cute you know what my uh, observation was about the cutoff music because it, it happened a lot. I don't know how many people. It was more certainly than the last three or four yeah, artists. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, the biggest ones, certainly. Yeah. Here's my question. Well, why does that cutoff music still sound like it's played by a big band from like the 1930s? Mm. How come there's been no movement forward? <laughs> no um, the music in the field yeah, that, that gets, music. Yeah, why is it always you, that, that schmaltzy music? What do you want it to be? Could be something with some some beats, something yeah, more. Wait, no, 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 no. Gary is not going to say A little of your beloved Trap House, maybe, Trevor? Uh, but Gary literally the most un- Beat, beat person I know. I, I, like, I he, take like, he, like, like, with like, he, like Gary. Anti, it's a very George Costanza type complaint. Anti rhythmic. I, like I mean, he's like, you know, he's for his guitars, for his pianos, for his string instruments. Now he wants a little bit of drums, as, as tambourines, I think. Something that sounds like it's from the rock era, I guess. I mean, there's, there's something sort of, I think, you know, 
like sort of you know gradually elegant that you and can kind of start grabs. slow and work up. It's not going to be some sort of big you know like like uh, da 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 da. Like, <laughs> it, goodbye. It's also so somber though. It's very. Uh, it just sort of puts a, a downer on, on everything. Not only are we getting you off the stage, this music just feels very sad. Well, the, the interesting thing to me is is the, the distinction that every award show makes between whether or not will acquiesce if they keep talking or whether or not we're just going to play them like all the way off and you know they, 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 they were just cutting going, people yeah, off they, 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 they were, were just like nope you're gone yeah. like at the golden globes i remember uh oh god who was it uh regina king i think she was making her speech and they started to play her off and then she got really serious with it and they're like ah oh, crap we got to pull back and we're gonna finish yeah. this time they would have just they would have just cut her off mid-sense if they had to uh no remorse for the for the grammys i mean it, it often music. is pretty they, they're, and they're pretty smart about like it depends on sort of what you're talking about i guess if you're because mm-hmm. i think regina king especially was talking about sort of a social issue talking about uh, trying to get more women involved in, in filmmaking, and I think that they were smart enough to realize that's not something you want to kind of just shove under the table. Smart's when you're when you're it. kind of in your laundry list of people, you know, you're trying to rattle off who at the label market it. Like, okay, those are the kind of moments where. But, but when Drake uh, when Drake says the word "butt" and then he gets <laughs> cut off, that's maybe something you wanted to hear more of. Okay, well, the butt. The problem with the butt, I think, is that I mean, because the butt and the the decision had to be made before he said "butt." Like, it had to be made. In that half yeah, a split and then, second, and then it was just too late. And the timing that. just happened yeah. a lot. You know, they said go, and then that's when he said but. Because it, it to me, people are ragging all over the Grammys for cutting him off. To me, when I hear the tape back, it sounded like he he did have a moment where because the applause started to pick up, and mm. then it seemed like okay, you know, that was going to be the end of the moment. I was in a conversation that that also included somebody who was at the Grammys, uh, and they said that they got maybe like a, an extra half a second live than we got on the telecast, and it seemed like live that uh, that what Drake was doing at that point was pivoting to just your general kind of thank you list like oh I appreciate this and uh, you know, but you know like, having all having said all that of how Grammys are meaningless thanks for giving me one basically yeah. uh but yeah like what, what I, I want to, he cared enough to show up I'll tell you that yeah no, that was very surprising and I, I want to hear the rest of the speech on like the next Drake like b-side or maybe like a secret song you can kind of bury it at the end of Scorpion 2 and just be like you know, if, you, if, you, if you play for five minutes after the last track you can hear like what 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 the uh the acknowledgments would have been at that point Uh, go by the big categories. Uh, best new artist, Dua Lipa. Uh, I think we all kind of thought that she probably was the best winner in terms of if she had the most pop success. Although uh, it feels like we were kind of making the case, and, and Paul certainly was last week, that Luke Combs might uh, sneak in because he represented country and he's really big commercially in country. But uh, yeah, Dua Lipa just feels like the right winner, and, and her reaction was was really nice to see as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think. I mean, if, if you're going to split hairs, I think you could, you could point out that her album came out in 2017. But she was big in the UK before she was big here. And, you know, her first big hit, New Rules, I think still peaked uh, on the Hot 100 in, in 2018. So I, I think it's forgivable, uh, more so even than Luke Combs, who actually had two country airplay number ones by the time of the last Grammys. So that, that not being an exception, I think uh, I think she's about as deserving a new artist winner as we've had in a long time. So yeah, no problems with Dua Lipa there. Do we like her acceptance speech where she said, I guess we stepped up? Immediately yeah. followed by Neil Portnow's speech. Yeah, if you were Neil Portnow backstage watching that, you just do the, the, whole, the full body cringe at that, <laughs> I think. Like, ah, oh, that stupid phrase. I'm just never going to shake it. But, I, You know, if nothing else, he 
you knew he had to say something about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like at the very least, he 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 didn't ignore it. He, he knew he, had he to didn't say ignore something. it, but he was a little self congratulatory about it. I, I I did not particularly care for the for the Neil Portnow acceptance speech or, or whatever. I don't know what you want to call that, but uh, you know, I, I, but the Grammys he put together did most of the work for him. So kudos to kudos to him for that. I guess the the the, the, the task force had their intended consequence. So I think I think this actually would have been a great Grammys for Neil Portnow to just not appear at all, especially because we were running so long already. If he had just kind of let let the show do the speaking for him, I think he would have been much better off. But yeah, in I mean, the I end, like still a good job. I feel like you can't. I mean, you know, at the end of your seventeen years of, yeah. of tenure, which you know is is I think people like that's, that's a long time. Seventeen years to be running that organization. Um, I think with the Music Modernization Act, because he'd been you know he's been a champion sure. for calling for a lot of that in many years past on many award shows for some act of Congress. So I think. You know, even though that wasn't necessarily directly alluded to, I think that was sort of a victory of sorts for them to be there as well. And and I think, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that there's always the big question of, yeah, do you avoid the topic last year that made you or do you, you know, because if he runs from it, he's sort of, you know, coward, you know, yeah. of course he couldn't face it or whatever. I mean, yeah, I don't think it was necessarily the smoothest <laughs> sort of um, callback to it, uh, but, you know, it wasn't. He didn't fumble the moment, at least. No, and, and it, he didn't go viral for anything. And nobody's talking about Neil Port now today except for us, and that's probably the best he could have hoped for. So, yeah. Uh, and but, but, yeah, back to Dua Lipa. I think I, think I said this in the last podcast. We, we talked about her potentially winning. She's the one of this bunch that I think that, that it seems pretty clear is still on the rise. Yeah, uh, has the most upside for sure. Yeah, so I, I think this isn't going to be one of those ones where we look back in a decade like Dua Lipa. Like, how, yeah. how does she ever win? For sure. And also I want to give a shout-out to uh, – that introduction for that yeah. award, I thought that was actually a really that was Leslie Cara and Bob Newhart. Oh right, yeah, that was kind of fun. Actually, that was really back cute. in the '60s, and I think, yeah, I mean the way that, especially Bob, like you know, when he was okay, we got yeah. it, like I'm old. But just her expressions, really... her comic timing, it just it, it really worked. It, it yeah. could have been cheesy. Uh, that was really yeah. Yeah. doing a variety show. This is uh, the chemistry is real. Yeah, another new Bob Newhart show <laughs> with Leslie Cara. <laughs> Song and record of the year. So Childish Gambino, This Is America. Uh, yeah, I thought, because I grew up uh, before you guys when the Grammys. Uh, yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, it, it was songs like Fast Car and Another Day in Paradise, these mm-hmm. socially conscious songs. So I thought, uh, uh, yeah, maybe it is too polarizing, but how about that? It wasn't. Yeah, I was looking back on it today, and the the last uh, record slash song of the year winner I could find that could, you can maybe define as a protest song would be a "Not Ready to Make Nice," the Dixie Chicks song from two thousand seven. Yeah, and that you know that wasn't like a societal ills protest song so much as a "You asshole, stop blacklisting us" kind of song. If you want to go back to a more kind of generally thematic protest song, maybe a "Streets of Philadelphia" by Bruce Springsteen in uh, nineteen ninety five. It was about like the AIDS epidemic, uh, so you know, at least that was a little bit more about you know social conscience and things like that, and then yeah. you know. Go back even further. We are the world, fast car, etc. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a historic win for any number of reasons. That's a big one. Obviously, as we already mentioned, the first rap song to ever win in either category, winning in both. I saw. I did see some uh, some blowback today. So some people aren't too happy about this being the one to kind of crack the seal on that because, well, a, a childish Gambino. He's had kind of a you know his his history in rap isn't uh, necessarily the traditional success story. Uh, a lot of people not big fans of his earlier work, which was a little more sophomoric and a little bit less uh, you know conscious. 
and you know, obviously, there's some big carryover from his him being a, a, a huge force in television and movies, and just kind of the entertainment world in general. Obviously, being a multiple time winner for Atlanta and at the Emmys. Uh, so you know, it, it, it's not the purest. Uh, and also, it's not the purest rap song to begin with. It's got kind of a spoken word element. It's, it was nominated for Best Rap Song Performance for some reason. And won. And won, yes. Uh, so I, I think, you know, if, if Cardi won, I mean, that, that's also a, a hybrid song, too. Uh, I like it. But, uh, you know, it, it's not the most – if you were to pick one song to be the first rap song, this wouldn't be the most emblematic song. But it's a legitimate hit and it's a legitimate, you know, song of, 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 of message and of, and of, of, of particularly 2018 timeliness. So I, I think I, I, I have no real problem with it being the first uh, first winner of these categories, and it's about time. So hopefully, uh, my, my question is after this, and this was such like a you know such, such a message song, such a headline grabbing song and video, also video of the year winner. Uh, will it make it easier for less kind of like clicky songs to win as rap songs? Like, will it make it easier for Drake to win next year if he just has another like huge hit, or you know I don't, I don't know Kendrick Lamar if if he has another humble. Like it's 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 going to be interesting to see whether this is the new norm or if it's just an aberration based on this being just such a pure kind of Grammy song to appeal to non hip hop fans. Maybe yeah, I wonder just how much having even the word America in sure. the title of yeah. voters thought uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this is really important. We need this type of message. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Travis, what, what's your take on this song? I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this song before. Um, I don't know if we've ever discussed this song before. Um, I, okay, so one song of the year actually pretty early in the night, which, you know, okay, fine. That kind of foreshadowed, I think, record of the year because they don't, not that they necessarily know, but I guess you don't want the same person up there twice within the last, you know, the last sure. five minutes because that's kind of weird. Um, but when it didn't win Best Rap Song... It was not nominated for Best Rap Song. It was not nominated no. for Best Rap Song. Okay, so, so to not be nominated in the Best Rap Song category um, was, I guess, really, that's something that I don't know if anybody really caught during the nominations process, but uh, that was a weird that was a weird choice to me, uh, looking back, because I don't know how the Best Song of the Year is not technically the best song of a genre, but I was like, I need, to, I need a fresh listen to this song because... I haven't heard it in a couple months, you know, just it's not, it's not a song that I necessarily seek out because it's not like, you know, an easy, catchy kind of bop. Um, I mean, it's 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 like a well-crafted, I, I don't know, it's almost like you were, like, like if it were like in an advanced college course and you had to like come up with something, like like it's very, has all the layers of meaning and, and, and to me it's more like, okay, if I pick a song of the year versus a record of the year and that to me is actually kind of hard because with song of the year, it's supposed to be about the songwriting yeah. and I always wonder if that to people means sort of 
just the lyrics themselves, just like what the words are. Is it, you know, is it the structure? If you put it on sheet music, is that what a, the song? <laughs> I'd love to hear is? this is America on piano. I'm just, I mean, but well, just in terms of, you know, what, what makes up a song, I guess, versus what elements do you think makes, make up a song? Because lyrically, okay, fine. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, I think it's, I think it's, I don't know. I don't think it's anything. I don't want to say not special, but I am surprised uh, that so many people gravitated towards it. I think to your point that maybe, yes, especially in a year where, I mean, everything that's going on politically, everything that's going on, um, even even with the Grammys in the past year, I'm sure there's a lot of people who thought that this has to be a moment where we could, you know, make make something happen that has never happened before. Childish Gambino to be that person, uh, to Andrew's point, is going to be interesting to see how that's looked at in hindsight because I think... I mean, even even fans who I know of, of rap music and, and who enjoy Childish don't necessarily love this song. It, it, it's it's a song that I don't think anybody dislikes, but I don't think a lot of people know exactly what to what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, and, and if there's one thing that I sort of hope for this song in terms of like the his, historical perspective, looking back 10, 20 years from now, I hope it doesn't get kind of written off as like a cheap message song because I don't think that's what it is. I mean, it, it, like it, it, it's, the way people talk about it now, you, you might you might think it's like. Uh, one of these kind of heavy-handed, easy message songs like, like, like Same Love by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis or something like that. I think it's a really, like, murky song. It's, 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 it's both sonically and lyrically. Like, it doesn't really make any big statements. It kind of just – kind of try, rather than capturing, like, any sort of, like, specific political point, I think it just kind of captures, the, like, the feeling of America in 2018. Uh, and, and that's a much harder thing to do, in my opinion. I actually think it's a really great song. I think that it, it, it's not an easy song and it is sort of a strange song – to, to be this much of a moment because, like, you know, as you say, it's, it's not an easy listen. It's not a song that people sort of put on and zone out to. And if it wasn't for the music video, maybe it wouldn't have had this this kind of lightning rod aspect to it. But I think it's, it's a song that I think is going to age really well because it's, it's really structurally interesting and it doesn't take the easy way out. And there's parts of it that really kind of stick in your head and, like, it kind of – kind of catch you off guard and I, I think it's I think it's an incredibly well put together song I think it's an incredibly interesting song I think it's a really good song I think it's actually a fairly worthy song of the year even divorced from its implications about being the first hip hop winner and being the first political winner in a long time I think I think history's going to be really kind to the song I didn't know Album of the year, Casey Musgraves, Golden Hour. Talking about Adele before, whether 21 or 25. Yeah, there are some years where it just feels like we know what the album's going to be. This year, it didn't feel that way. I'm going to, uh, my main question is, uh, it always comes down to album of the year at the end of the Grammys. Does does that itself feel like maybe it's starting to be a little outdated to end with album of the year in an era where maybe the album isn't the big uh measuring stick of an artist's work at this point, especially in a year where there wasn't maybe one consensus album. Yeah, I think, I think that's a fair question. I, I still like it, well, A, because it provides some sort of historical continuity. You know, you know when you get to the end, it's going to be the album of the year. And I think I think there is still some, some there creative... Was a, sorry, there was a year, though, pretty recently, I can't remember which year it was, where Record of the Year actually was the oh. final award. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't remember which one that was. I, it, w- it must have been, well, it wouldn't have been... I'll have to look it up. But I, I remember making mm. a... I remember really... I think maybe in the year that like Beyonce presented it or something, maybe when Uptown Funk won or something, where it felt like, whoa, like this is you know this is a statement that they're gonna flip mm. this up. 
But I think if you asked, you know, if you pulled uh, 100 artists about which would they rather win between, you know, record slash song of the year and album of the year, I think most of them would probably still say album of the year. It's it still feels a, great, like it's, it's a greater still, piece of work. Yeah, it's, it's a greater piece of work. It's a greater investment. It, it, it defines a year for an artist more than a song or, or, or a record does. And that's the other thing is that there is a divide between song and record, which makes giving one of them kind of a priority over the other sort of a, makes that sort of an awkward proposition. Uh, was it you, Trevor, that, that suggested in our in our like our, our, our Grammy categories that should exist column that uh, that we should combine record and song of the year and make video the fourth big one? Actually, no, I'm sorry, I think that was that was that was that was Chris Payne again. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, sorry, sorry. say this is new to me. But uh, that, that was his idea is that we, we we combine song and record of the year, make video of the year the fourth tentpole category, which I kind of like. I kind of like the idea of that because it does feel like the distinction between song and record. You can make it. You, 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 you can define it as minutely as you want to, but I, I think most of the people voting, if they're going to vote for one, they're going to vote for the other two. Yeah. So, but I do hate. I mean, I would hate that it. it I do like there's a songwriters like specific award. I think that's something. Yeah, just give it to everybody. You can't divide songs into production and writing. It's all one big thing. Uh, isn't that not? I mean, can't you? I mean, can't you look at half the performances? Like, well, okay, you know, if Shawn Mendes can take in my, and I'm not saying this is like the penultimate example, but you know, to take a song. I mean, Lady Gaga is a, a great example of this. You can take in, any song that she writes. Trans, you know, transfer it onto so many different instruments. Like, I mean, that 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 is just a good songwriting. Mm-hmm. You can't take any, you know, you can't take any record and just, you know, flip right, it well, on how about this? and say, okay, this is, you know, this is just as good a record. How about we merge record and song of the year and also institute a new songwriter of the year award? I think that should be there should be one of those, right? There's producer of the year. Why is there not songwriter of the year? Um, I mean, that's a good point. I think I mean producer of the year is basically the only like sort of person award that's not really given for. That's true. A, I mean, there is like a like a body of work. I think people submit with it, and yeah. they kind of you win can see for like, the those credits. Things, yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think people always wonder why Grammy shy away from you know artist of the year and those mm-hmm. kind of person centric rather than work centric awards. Maybe maybe harder to uh, harder to defend. Yeah. But, but album of the year, it, it feels like the most like the. Uh, Feels like the marquee category. It feels like Best Picture because it's the biggest cat. It's you know it's, it, it's it's the most all encompassing and it rewards the, the the greatest piece of work in terms of, of size and stature. But if people, that's uh, assuming people still listen to albums yeah. the way they did 15, 20 years. Could be looking at a playlist of the year award in yeah. uh, 10, 20 years. <laughs> wow. time. No, absolutely. Like wow. That. Yeah. Uh, don't rule it out. But I think I think for now, rap caviar. We <laughs> week of June eighteenth. Uh, I prefer June 25th, but uh, but yeah, that's basically where we're going with this, I think. Uh, but for now, I think album of the year is still is still the, the the award to beat, and that's that's fine. One of the rules we have for for what fits on the folk chart is, uh, can you hear the dirt mm. in it? And it's a very, very strictly defined concept, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, it did. I think she's just hard to define overall, and. Uh, New single, Rainbow, it debuts on the AC chart this week, debuts on the Country Airplay chart this week. But a uh, song you kept hearing in bits and pieces, Butterflies, from the album. Sounds like it should be a smash. Got to number 56 on the Country Airplay chart. I, I guess more than anything, uh, people just don't know sonically what to do with Casey Musgraves, where she's a little she's a little too pop for country, so a little too country for pop. I think they're good songs, but maybe she's just... Uh, she just doesn't fit, and that's that can be a great thing for music, but commercially it can get you in a little trouble. With this album, it's, look, there's there's millions of songs that get played on country radio every year that are just as polished, if not more so, than than all the songs. You know, Poppy, I mean, it's it's not like these these songs have dance beats aside from from you know High Horse, which which doesn't even feel like a you know that doesn't feel like a, like a Marin Morris doing Z, doing the middle with Zed sort of song. That just feels like a country song with a little bit more of a thump to it. 
I think it's lazy of country music to find reasons not to play this this album, the, the singles off of it. I think, uh, you know, if, if you want to call it sexism, I think that's not inaccurate. If you wanted to say that radio programmers are afraid to take chances, I think that's accurate too. I, I think that, and, ho- and hopefully that this this win kind of proves to be an inflection point for Casey Musgraves and her radio fortunes. I think this is as good an excuse as any that that radio programs will ever had to maybe actually give her a legitimate chance and see if a song like Butterflies or, or like High Horse or, or Rainbow can kind of start taking off. Uh, Casey Musgraves, it always feels like eh, maybe she's holding a little something back. Like uh, they're, they're very neat songs. They're very they're very good songs. They're, from a songwriting perspective, they're immaculate. From a production standpoint, they're absolutely gorgeous. I like them a lot. I don't love any Casey Musgraves songs from the last two albums because they just feel a little bit too neat to me. But in terms of an album of the year, look, this this album means, like I said before, this album means a lot to a lot of people we work with, a lot of people we know, uh, and just a lot of people in general. It's, it's the kind of album that really, really connected with some people. So it didn't really connect with me in the same way. It doesn't resonate with me in the same way. But it's the kind of album that should be winning album of the year because it's an album that a lot of people are passionate about. It's an album that doesn't quite sound like most other albums that are in the mainstream right now. It's an album that definitely comes from a singular perspective and a singular songwriter. I have no problem with the winning. It's just one of those years where it wasn't the abs. It wasn't the thriller. Type, no, there wasn't a thriller this year. for an album. So, I mean, that was the case. Was that, was that not the case last year? Well, I would say I mean, there I mean, was. Isn't it was, that it the was, case was most damn, year? But, oh, you think I, was damn last year? Damn was yeah. Damn was last year. Oh, damn wow. lost to Twenty Four Karat Magic. Yeah. And, uh, that 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 I I, I still I'll, I'll go to my grave not understanding what happened there, but uh, but yeah, the, the, this album there wasn't this this year rather there wasn't even a, a twenty four karat magic where it was just a big pop album by an established pop superstar that kind of pays 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 homage to to the songs of yesteryear. Uh, not the tribute album win. No, that's what that's what it almost sounds like. You're making it no, out but to that's kind of what it was. Bruno's, it was a Bruno's tribute album to Jimmy tribute. Jam and Terry Lewis and Babyface and Teddy Riley. Like that's basically, he basically said as much in his acceptance speech. So I mean, and not not like those albums were necessarily winning a ton of Grammys back in their heyday, but for older voters who you know grew up in the, the heyday of Babyface and Janet Jackson and New Edition and, and Guy and New Jack Swing, then yeah, like that that album hit a real real sweet spot and I, I, that propelled it over to victory over actually a much more commercially sex, successful album in Kendrick Lamar's uh, Down. Maybe maybe Bruno got that hindsight victory that uh, the rest of them won't be able to get. Yeah. But one thing I'm curious about, Trevor, is that you were the you were the only one of us who predicted that this album would win, and you seemed pretty confident that it would. What, what about it gave it that kind of uh, frontrunner status to you? Well, <laughs> um, I mean, part of it, I wondered if we kind of got into a snowball effect because it's really easy once once November hits to see, you know, what everybody's thinking. And I was on the Wikipedia page for this album last night, and uh, we're talking year endless. Uh, this is let me run through just really quickly where everybody put it on their year endless. Uh, or at least ones that were worthy enough to make it on Wikipedia. Let's have it. So we got American Songwriter, number one, Associated Press, number two, Billboard 3, Complex 36, Consequence of Sound, <laughs> nine, EW1, Independent 4, Noisy 2, NPR 3, Paste 44, People 1, Apple 1, Pitchfork 2, Pop Matters 2, Rolling Stone 2, Sputnik 1, Stereo Gum 1, Taste of Country 1, Idolator 3, Time 8, Uprocks, Uprocks 2, Vulture 4, so it just felt very like, you know, I mean, I don't know what consequence and pace if they just wanted to be, you know, you know, contra, (laughs) you know, um, but it just felt very like, okay, like, oh, so everyone, everyone across the board, genre, regardless for the most part, you know, major publication, independent, you know, sort of alternative publication, everybody kind of thought, okay, this, this is an agreeable album. When I listened to it, and this is this almost sounds like this this 
I don't know if it sounds like it's going to be a knock or whatever, but I remember listening to this album, and it's probably about two-thirds of the way through when I stopped and realized, like, kind of to Gary's point, maybe none of this... There, there were a few songs that, 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 that got me. I liked Space Cowboy. I liked, um, I think, uh, a song called, uh, song called Weekend. Or Lonely Weekend? Lonely Weekend. Underrated song. That might, that might be my favorite yeah. on the album, too, yeah. I enjoyed that one a lot, and there were... But it was about two-thirds of the way through I stopped and I realized, you know, this is probably the first album I've heard in a while where I'm not thinking to myself, I'm 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 tired of this. Is this how much longer till this is over? Sure. And so maybe maybe it didn't necessarily have the the big bangers where I'm oh I gotta hear this song again, you know, I don't ever want this album to end. But there was no point in the album where I thought to myself, oh, okay, this is, you know, get you get over. This is can't we're not doing anything, this is boring, keep moving, why is this taking so long? So in that sense, um and I think kind of what we learned with Bruno last year, agreeability goes a long way. People think that album of the year has to be this sort of outstanding, innovating, you know, yeah. pushing it forward, banger, let me hear this all day, all night. No, sometimes it's just, you know, an album that everyone can sit around and say, hey, I'm going to put on Golden Hour, and nobody's going to say, ah, oh, damn, really? Take my hand, stage away, I guess we can sort of combine them at this point. The pop categories we talked about. So Ariana, Sweetener won for best pop album. We thought that would be the case. No surprise there. Uh, Let's talk about this, though. Let's talk about pop solo performance. My favorite. Because Beck got robbed. What we, happened? I was going to say, we you would have you would have lost the farm, the house, the state, the... You swore. Havana. I didn't swear. I, thought, that, that I, was I did think that Havana Live, the, the Camille Cabello. We literally shoe, saw Havana Live. The, yeah, that's true. The shoe, and boy, there's that that song never needs to be played on a war show again. I love Havana. Great song. Camille's a great performer. And they did some nice things at the end there with the Ricky Martin and Jay Balvin and all that. I never want to hear that song on another award show enough. Uh, but... Uh, and same goes for Sean Mendes and In My Blood. But, At least he did a nice. He did a different. He, uh, yeah, he did. Really nice. Whatever. No, Sean Mendes. Wow. But uh, in any event, look, I, I didn't feel that confident in Havana Live winning, but we, we've had enough of those, well, those you st- stupid live versions. And Paul agreed with me on this, so I wasn't alone. We've had enough of those stupid live versions winning over the years that it didn't seem like that was going to impact its chances that much. So. Lady, Lady Gaga clearly like the, she the the award season momentum from A Star Is Born and from Shallow you know the, the rising tide lifts all boats sort of thing. Uh, but how interesting because I thought when I saw that Joanne had won, ugh. I was like, and Joanne's song won. But uh, excuse pop, me, Joanne so. parentheses. Where do you think you're going? Question mark. Let's, let's give it its full credit. Sure. Um, all, some art designer spent <laughs> many, many, a lot of his time on that. Um, I thought that was a real indication, especially in the pre-show when those awards came out. That Shallow was yeah, going to, no. you know, I mean, it won the first award televised on the evening for Best Pop Duo uh, Group Performance. So Bradley Cooper, by the way, has a Grammy now. I thought that was like the shallow momentum. I was, so, I was like, it was about to be the Titanic up in there. I was like, Shallow <laughs> is about to just take all of you out. And so, I mean, it's so interesting that it, that it, that it, that it stopped. Um, and I don't know if that's sort of a consolation because people thought, let's give Gaga the pop categories to... Offset not winning in the big four, but yeah, I mean to meet Joanne in some ways probably the biggest upset of of the night. Yeah, I mean I I think you still see it occasionally in those genre categories. It's just uh, 
people, voters who either don't know all the songs or don't really care about all the songs. They just kind of look for the biggest name. I mean, the, the, the one that really stuck in my craw was uh, the Best Dance album, Best Dance Electronic album. Uh, went to Justice. to Justice for a remix album and beating some really interesting artists who did like pretty interesting albums last year. John Hopkins, Sophie, first ever trans nominee, I believe, in that category. Uh, and Sophie uh, Tucker, I Sophie think Tucker, was up there. yeah, was in there too. Uh, just like like well, you know, it, 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 it's it still comes down sometimes that there's there's a lot of, of lazy people voting in, in 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 all these categories and sometimes in the genre ones maybe they don't get as much attention as the big four do because people feel like oh, it doesn't really matter as much. I mean. Do people? How much time do people really take? Yeah, to I hope invest? they're going in deep and really analyzing the differences between the, the album version of Joanne and the "Where Do You Think You're Going" version of Joanne. I'm well, sure. I mean, but even just to hear it, you know, yeah. I wonder, I wonder how many people who voted for that song even heard it because you, you hear rumors all the time, especially like the Oscars. People vote for movies, and I know movies are a much longer, you know, time effort mm-hmm. than than a song, but they vote for movies all the time without seeing them because you know. That's just yeah. That feels right. That's where the momentum is. Yeah, but we, we should say that the other the other nominees in that category were all weird, uh, for the most part. Like it, it was it was Beck for some reason with with colors and uh, Ariana Grande with what is now her like fifth biggest hit of the last twelve months, God is a Woman, uh, and Post Malone for for better now. Is he a rapper? Is he a pop star? Or whatever. Uh, and I don't know what was the last one. It was and a van alive, which uh, you know maybe that live does throw some people off. So there there was no real good choice in that category I don't think God is a Woman was probably the best one but it, it was always a category that was going to go to something something weird if it wasn't going to go to her so I'm, you know I guess may as well just go to Gaga in the year of Gaga tell me something boy aren't you tired trying to fill that void or do you need more ain't it hard keeping it so hard Maybe there's some people who are saving their juice for the Oscars. They're thinking, all right, she's going to win there. She's I mean, she's up against all the stars, which is another big hit. But I think most people sort of presume, and, and certainly the Grammys bore out uh, as well, given giving it uh, the song for visual media over all the stars. That that, that shallow is, is the is the front runner there by a pretty considerable margin. And you know that that's the one where she's probably going to have the live duet with Bradley Cooper. Uh, and maybe they're saying, all right, well, you know, let's 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 give another song a chance at the at the Grammys because the Oscars is what it's really going for anyway. By the way, what, what did you guys think of that shallow performance, that solo Lady Gaga shallow performance with the, the silver bodysuit and the, the dramatic hand motions? Um, while I was watching it, I remember thinking to myself, that I was of two minds, because part of me was like, what is, she, what, what is she doing with this song? <laughs> and then part of me was like, okay, you know, first of all, if that's what Gaga needs to get into her performance element, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think, I think the nice thing that she did is try something different. And what I mean by that is I'm sure I would imagine in two weeks time, we're going to get the proper quote unquote performance of shallow with, you know, her and Bradley strumming on the guitar and she's in a, you know, uh, maybe she's wearing a gown. Maybe she's wearing, you know, something, something sort of standard, what you would expect from, ah, we're recreating a star is born for you all. So I kind of like that. She took on a different, a different approach with it. I know it was not everybody's cup of tea trying to turn it into sort of a rock power anthem and, um, I mean, to be fair, I think at least she hit all the notes. She sang it very, yeah, very well. Always does. Yeah. The meme, of course, the first sort of hanging on the side at the end with the one eye staring at the camera got a lot of people. But, you know, is it going to go down as my favorite shallow performance or the, maybe the most memorable? No, probably not. But I do like that she at least wanted to inject some energy into it. This is a song that I think a lot of people have heard so many different ways. They probably 
to the point about making it a song of the year songwriting award, you think of it in one frame of mind and that it's only one particular thing. And maybe she wanted to say, look, you know, I've sang the song so many times, so many different ways. People have seen the movie. They know it. They know what shallow is. Let me show them a different side of that same song and still knock it out. Yeah, I mean, we had we had a very long and involved debate about this performance and in, in the, the 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 edit slack earlier today, and it, it kind of came into t- to a lot of people were saying what you were kind of saying. It's like, yeah, we we've already seen this so many times. Uh, let, let, do do something a little different with it. Can't can't begrudge her that. I agree with that. I wish if she was going to do that, that she had also changed up the arrangement of the song a little bit to be a little bit more more. I don't know, uh, dynamic or just just less stayed than the kind of strict uh, power ballad version that they've they've done however many times already. Uh, and then it might have fit a little bit better with the kind of dramatic visuals of, of her, you know, kind of going nuts. Uh, but I thought that the visual of the performance didn't match the music. I thought it was really awkward. Uh, what about you, Gary? Maybe we'll get the quiet version in a couple of weeks. The quiet, yeah. <laughs> shallow, the quiet version. Yeah. I saw a lot of people, I think most of the tweets could have summed up. Can somebody tell Lady Gaga she's not performing with Metallica <laughs> this year? Which I thought was, you know, a fair, a fair yeah. critique. All right. Uh, beyond the awards, uh, other highlights. Alicia Keys was way more dynamic, way more Ooh. fun than I would have expected. I thought she was a great host. I was scared. I was scared for Alicia because, like I said, I think on the podcast maybe before, maybe in the background, I never heard her crack a joke. And yeah. so I really, I really thought that she was going to kind of have to, you know, just, you know, they take out Jimmy Fallon and put in Alicia Keys, and you better make this work. Eek. And she, um, you know, even at the beginning, it started off a little, you know, I, I'm not big. I'm not a big fan of sort of the haze, you know, like sort of trying to force the crowd into it, or or people kind of have to repeat things twice, you know. Oh, we're having a good time tonight. Are we having a good time? You know, it's yeah. like okay, yes, we're having <laughs> a good side, time. Left side, let me hear it. But um, I think, I mean. First of all, anybody that can whip out Michelle Obama is going to get, you know, a, at least a B plus in the book. If if nothing, nothing else. Still not quite. I need to I need to figure out 100% why Jada Pinkett was 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 also. I know she has a I think she has a band my mom was saying. So Wicked Wisdom. Why. They played Ozfest in the late 90s. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Cuz I was still that was the one thing that kind of threw me off for half a second. But um overall I think Alicia, I mean Alicia really did a good job in my mind of of you know, not trying to be who she's not, and by that I mean a comedian and doing a lot of the skits and those those sort of gags and things, but really her breaks with a lot of music, which, of course, it's a Grammy Award, so that's entirely appropriate. Sort of the, the Hazel Scott tribute when she sort of, you know, walked us through music history with the dueling pianos, I thought was that really got some rave reviews. Um, I thought that was a really smart choice. So, yeah, I think overall, um, going into it, I really was 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 concerned about how this was going to turn out and yeah i think you're right i think actually not only did she just do a you know carry the show and didn't mess up i think she actually really proved people wrong yeah myself for sure a lot of comments are online were uh how has she not been hosting this for years and can she host it for years going forward yeah i think she said she set the tone really well uh you know she's she's a very relaxed uh public speaker uh sometimes i think she can get a little bit rambling and a little bit off topic but uh she's certainly you know, she kind of put everybody at ease. She made it seem less formal than Grammys past. Uh, and, you know, the, the music breaks were nice. Uh, you know, I, again, maybe went on a little long for my taste, but uh, clear, clearly they, you know, they had the minutes to fill. I, I saw a lot of people tweeting about, like, oh, this is probably where Ariana Grande was scheduled to perform before she bat out. Uh, I think that makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, uh, she was fun. Uh, and, and she seemed she, – she, she, she rose to the moment, but not in a way that felt self-conscious. And especially when you compare her – Either to someone like James Corden, who's very a very buttoned up kind of like oh this I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing I, I this is me James Corden hosting the Grammys, 
Uh, Alicia Keys never felt that self-conscious about it. And compared to someone like LL Cool J, who really just doesn't have that much of a presence as a host and just kind of, you know, keeps the line moving. It's like, oh, okay, here's who's next. Here's what just happened. Here's we need to, you know, here's a sponsor we need to do a five-minute read for. Uh, Alicia Keys, yeah, I, I don't know if I want, to, I want to see her doing this the next 10 years. I, I think uh, it could get a little tiresome after a little while. But uh, I think it was, what she, it was what the Grammys needed this year. And yeah, I'll call her back for next year, maybe too. Yeah, sure. I'll also say uh, shout out to her for flexing her muscle because uh, let's not let it go unnoticed that Alicia Keys also presented song, album, and record of the year. <laughs> so she didn't just, you know, she wasn't there just to just host yeah. and, you know, let everybody else have the shine. She really, you know. And, and dropped on at least one occasion the, the 15 previous Grammy wins, which is a, a lot of Grammy wins. So I, I, didn't think people, I, I don't think people realized. I, I knew she had that many because I knew she were, she had those R&B categories for years. Her and Beyonce just like traded off. <laughs> but um, I mean, to put in perspective, 15 is Adele has 15 Grammys. So Alicia Keys is right there in that same company. Uh, mentioned Ariana, the spot where she might have performed. Uh, we, we did get that at 9.09. We got Ariana on the Grammys, that Apple Music. Oh right, so, the Mimoji. There she was. Yeah, that was that commercial was so. Not, it was, I wouldn't say it was so long, but it was it was it long endless. enough to where I was like, did she just buy, like? Are they gonna play this whole song and just buy out seven rings for the commercial? Power too, move. Too, too many of those commercials in general. There are like three of them, right? Like like, and they 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 all felt like they went on forever. T-Mobile definitely you know put some some dollars mm-hmm. up there for sure. Yeah, but I, I think it is the one thing you can maybe kind of ding the Grammys for this year is that. They didn't really have that A-list performance. There was no like, one huge pop star of the moment. You just come out and, okay, 2018 was my year. This is the song that defined it, and I'm going to play it, and this is going to be your lasting memory from the Grammys. But that was kind of the reflective of the awards and sort of – I mean, sure. is, that, that sort of seemed to be the whole the whole temperature of, of the ceremony. That could have been Ariana Grande. That could have been Childish Gambino if he showed up. That certainly could have been Drake. Uh, so, you know, the, the fact that they didn't get one of those A-plus listers – does make the Grammys maybe feel a little bit more low key than in years past, a little bit more of an, a little bit less of an event. But I, I do think there's something to be said for the fact that that the, the, the lack of these kind of established superstars did allow for some more breathing room for kind of new voices to emerge. People like 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 her and Saint Vincent, uh, Janelle Monae, like people like that who might not have even been able to make a, a full performance on the main telecast before. Uh, they got to kind of spread their wings a little bit, and uh, the results are pretty positive. Doesn't that kind of sum up what we've been maybe saying for the last year or so, that uh, we've seen all these big pop stars come back and maybe they haven't quite reclaimed uh, the glory they had before, that maybe that's what music was this year. It's a transition but, period. Yeah. yeah. It's so kind, of, kind of fitting. Yeah. Uh, to that point about performances, one thing, yeah, that I was actually really kind of surprised by that I think that may have dropped the ball was uh, I guess for the the number of celebrity deaths in the past year, the tributes were not. There was no outstanding tribute. I think yeah. in particular the Aretha tribute. Uh, not that it was uh, bad or weak, because I think all three of those singers who sang "Natural Woman" were great, and I mean they did justice to the song. But it felt a little just it's pro forma, just, just brief. Yeah, it felt a little bit like, like kind of like the backup option. It was like, oh, if we can't get uh, this this home run swing of of I don't know, you know. I mean, Mary J. Blige doing a duet with Adele or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, let's let's get Yolanda Adams and and uh, Andre Day and Fantasia. Uh, I find it very hard to believe that you you know you couldn't get an all star lineup for Aretha Franklin. You, you at the think, Grammys, but, but but a couple things about that. One is that it, it was like a half a year ago now at this point almost uh, that 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 Aretha died, and it may, maybe it feels like we, as you said there was a funeral. 
there were, there were there have been any number of other tributes since then at other award shows. Maybe the general attitude with Aretha is just kind of less is more, and it's like okay, like like they got such backlash for that, and obviously there were there were very good reasons for that backlash. But maybe the thought is okay, let's let's not take a big swing with this. Let's just kind of do th- you know three artists who are very obviously indebted to Aretha, who can do justice to her vocally. Just have them do one song, keep it moving, and uh, yeah, there, there's there's something to be said for that. I'm curious about what you guys thought about the uh, the Immemorium montage, leaving off some very big names. I mean, the, the biggest one, I think, being being XXX Tentacion, who obviously is, you know, has, has you know, the mere mention of his name is, is fraught with any number of, 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 of problematic concerns. But for a death montage to 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 not even acknowledge his existence felt a little bit inappropriate to me. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I guess for some people, you know, the question. Fundamentally, is you know, is is an in memoriam just sort of a fact and you know, sort of a book of death certificates, or is it is it suggesting that there's some sort of honor or you know, um, esteem attached yeah. to being being mentioned among these people in in this company? And I guess um, you know whether or not, whether the Grammys have a have a a hard decision on that, they probably didn't want to err in you know yeah. in, in offending people by sort of trying to memorialize him in a way that made him seem, you know, you can't really disagree with that, I guess. Uh, To me, it would just be, these are the people that had a significant impact on the music industry in some way, shape or form. Maybe it was good. Maybe it was bad. I'd be curious going back, uh, you know, well, I don't think we want to, you know, I mean, I don't think we want to celebrate people because they're bad, right? I mean, I guess unless you don't think well, it's no, no, celebrating. Not, not celebrating for not not celebrating them for their bad influence in the music industry, but if you had an impact on it, and, and so you're saying it's more factual, I think it's more. You factual. think it's more the book? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, look, I'm not saying they should have a tribute performance to him. Sure, that would be probably inappropriate. Uh, and for the record, mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago that XXX Tentacion was winning televised awards at major award shows. Was it the the the, uh, oh, the AMAs? The AMAs, right? Uh, one one best uh, best rap album or something along those lines. And his mother went up and and got a, I think got a fairly nice uh, ovation and accepted a very emotional speech on behalf of her dead son. To go from that to him not even being mentioned, I mean, th- there were some very obscure names in that death montage that I guarantee you 90% of the viewing audience had no no memory of. For one of the biggest stars of the past few years to not even. You get a second on the memorial? I don't know. That, 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 that seemed a little weird to me. I'm curious how you would vote, uh, Andrew, if you were a member of the Baseball Writers Association of America <laughs> for the steroid guys. I, 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 I use relatively similar logic. I mean, that's obviously more achievement-based, but I do think if you had an, uh, a major impact on the sport, you should get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and, but, but look, I, I know there's, there's other perspectives to take on this. I don't, I don't mean to shortchange anyone who, you know, especially if, if, if you know, that there's, a, there's a triggering aspect of seeing his name unexpectedly. There's considerations there. It's it's a it's obviously a very complex topic, and I, I don't mean for my words to be the final one by any stretch of the imagination. I expected to see his name there. I'm surprised I didn't. All right, I'm just going to wrap with three of my favorite tweets uh, from the night. Uh, Kevin Rutherford in our charts department. At one point when Gaga was on stage, Gaga about to start talking about hundred people in a row. <laughs> I am amazed that that did not maybe at the Oscars uh, I blame the Golden Globes for making her conscious of that being a meme uh, maybe, maybe she was before maybe she wasn't but now that she knows it's a thing because you know Andy Samberg and uh, Sandra Oh are cracking jokes about it so now that she knows it's a thing either she's going to get up there and do it like very wink wink or she's just going to ignore it altogether. and either way I think she's just better off leaving it alone at this point yeah, Bill Wordy former editor here at Billboard tweeted that stream of people running to the stage for Travis Scott are all the men who haven't performed tonight with a smile. Yeah. Point, yeah. right. uh, and uh, I'll give uh, number one to Stephen Horowitz, former uh, still sometimes Billboard contributor. Yeah, occasional Billboard contributor, sure. Uh, g- given how much uh, it was about her, the Casey Musgraves Award for Casey Musgraves. 
goes to Casey Musgraves. And a finer recipient there could not be. Trevor, wrap us up with favorite Grammy moment uh, from the past. Flashback. Oh, from the past. Okay. So as we talked, Sunday night, huge night for hip-hop in the top categories. Of course, Charles Gambino, first rap artist to win Record of the Year and Song of the Year. Uh, and in recent recent years, we've also seen the Best New Artist Award go to some hip-hop acts uh, a few years back. Chance the Rapper was named Best New Artist. And back in 2014, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, I think um, people kind of forgot that they also won Best New Artist. So uh, hip-hop has had good representation there as well. That leaves one of the big four categories where we just can't quite seem to get it going. That is the almighty album of the year. And kind of with Alicia Keys when she mentioned uh, while presenting the award that it had been 20 years since Lauryn Hill had won album of the year for the miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Alicia Keys also playing some of doo-wop, that thing, during her medley set. So uh, uh, some nice moments for Lauryn Hill out there. I, I kind of thought Lauryn was going to walk out or something and present Album of the Year. I know that's not Lauryn's style at all, but I was really, really, really hoping for the anniversary. If she got Michelle Obama, she can work wonders and somehow get Lauryn Hill. The miseducation of Lauryn Hill, first woman to win five Grammy Awards in one night, which she did back in 1999, including Album of the Year and Best New Artist. Uh, really, that album... I mean, by all standards, a masterpiece. Still, to this day, one of the best-regarded albums, really, of all time, especially of the 90s by a woman. Any measure you cut it, that album holds up. Two, two points to, to that. It's just, uh, when is that? In that? The year that Miss Education won, 1999. Uh, first year where uh, all the Album of the Year nominees were, were either women or, or female-fronted acts. So talk about uh, female representation being a big deal in 2019. This is a nice flashback to that, too. It was, uh, it was her, Shania Twain, Garbage, uh, Madonna, and Sheryl Crow. Uh, so... Pretty strong class, and Lauren Hill a deserving winner. And also another uh, uh, Lauren Hill to, to 2019 connection. Uh, we talked earlier about uh, Cardi B being the first uh, female solo rapper to win Best Rap Album. Not the first woman to win Best Rap Album because Lauren Hill did it herself as a member of the Fuji's The Score in 1997. And tying things uh, to last week, uh, Lauren beat out Backstreet Boys for Best New Artist. <laughs> Taking a full circle. Look, good, and, good year for new artists. And, yeah. and, and The Score had that, that huge cover, Killing Me Softly, which was also mm-hmm. in that medley Alicia Keys to celebrate Roberta Flack, who did the song originally. So It's, it's all part of one grand tapestry. I'm te- Lauren, I'm telling you, Lauren was the, the through line for, for so much of what's been going on these past couple of weeks. So in that sense, you know, no physical form at the Grammys, but so much mentioned about Lauren Hill. Who better to close this episode of the Trappy Podcast with an all-time great song, a Grammy-winning track, number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100, so by all measures, an awesome song. Here it is, the one, the only, doo-wop, that thing. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.